Hi, it's Cammy Chris Kamara, and you are listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. They are unbelievable. Good afternoon, good morning and good evening from wherever you are listening from. Welcome to episode 23 of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage Podcast, the only active Wakefield Trinity podcast worldwide. I am your co-host, Jamie Robinson, and today's guest is a modern-day enforcer for us in the middle of the park. But first, let me introduce you to my dad, my co-host, Lee Robinson. Welcome, Dad. Hello, and welcome back to this week's podcast. Uh, this week, we have another modern-day great, as Jamie's just mentioned, and one of the youngest players ever to play in the red, white and blue jersey, making his debut as a 17-year-old back in 2014. A big warm welcome to this week's guest, Jordan Crowther. Now then, everyone, thank you for having me. Thank you. It's a privilege. How are we doing then, Jordan? Obviously, we were just talking about the game yesterday. We won't touch on it too much. Obviously, we're a sore loss, but how are you doing, respectively, of that? Yeah, you know, always come out a bit battered and bruised after after games like that, especially playing up against Wigan. You know, they're a very physical team. So, um, you know, and I think I think the main thing is, like we were saying earlier, morale is still very high. We can't sort of let that defeat get to us. Um, you know, and we're feeling very good now about kicking on for the rest of the season. Definitely so, mate. Obviously, with it being Easter and it's such a tight turnaround, what's what, how do you manage in the camp? Is it just all kind of recovery-based and a lot of rest? Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of emphasis on recovery and sort of getting all the right the right foods and you know and, and drinks in as staying hydrated and stuff like that. And we have we are gonna manage to have a good a good field session tomorrow, um, as a full squad, which will be good. Um without how we've structured training now. We've had a slight change this year, so we can sort of manage these short turnaround periods better. Um, which you know I'm 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 happy with because it means that we get get to practice more on the field. Excellent stuff, man. And obviously, Casford coming up this this Thursday. It's been a long, long time. You're probably one of the only ones in the club from when we actually beat them last time. So, how, yeah. how are you feeling about about Cass? Yeah, they're sort of our, like our bogey team, aren't they? And it makes it worse that, that they're as rival. Um, but yeah, I think I think I was I didn't play the last time that we beat them. Uh, I think I were on loan at Dewsbury playing there. Um, but yeah, you know, we definitely need to get one over on this week. I think it's been way too long. So, mate. so we start off every single podcast, Jordy, with the same question. We'll, we'll fire it to you as well. And what is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the words Wakefield Trinity? Um, probably for me, it's it's, pr- it's pride. Um, you know, for me being a wakey lad, from watching them from when I was five, six year old and my old man taking me to watch games, uh, it's probably proud for me to wear the badge. And probably not, probably it's more more so for how proud I've made my family, I think, you know, especially my mum and my dad. You know, they followed me all over watching me, you know, play for uh, London. Uh, who did I play for now? I forgot who I played for. Dewsbury, <laughs> Newcastle. Yeah, Dewsbury, Newcastle, you know, Oxford, sorry. Oxford played down there, you know, they've, they've travelled all over to watch me play. Um, so for me to be playing now more regular for Wakefield and wearing that badge every week, it's, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sure it makes my mum and dad proud. Brilliant stuff. Tell us, just talking about your mum and dad, tell us about growing up in Wakefield as a lad in the 2000s. I know your dad, Martin, is a proud, yeah. proud bloke, so tell us about your family and your upbringing. Yeah, so I, I was probably quite uh, quite lucky with my upbringing. You know, when I was younger, I had pretty much anything, every, everything I needed and, and most things I wanted, I sort of got. I was very privileged that mum and dad had very 
well, my dad had a very good job, you know, working down pits. So he worked seven days a week sort of to, to let us have everything we wanted when we were younger um, and to sort of let me pursue this career. Um, you know, my mum, mum and dad had to sort of uh, take me all over the place. Um, on the cold nights up at Craig All Blacks, where it's probably the coldest place on earth there on a Tuesday and Thursday night. Um, but yeah, it was it good. Um, and, and obviously, I'll probably probably not the best best behaved child, as I'm sure my mum and dad will will, uh, will say as well and admit to. But um, you know, I think uh, they'll be proud of where where I am now now as a person. Brilliant. Was that were your rugby league background? Did it start at Cricklestone, or did you sort of learn in the back garden? Yeah. So it was my granddad actually. He lives in Cricklestone, and he was saying that they were recruited at there. I think it was under under eights. I think at the time. Um, I think I was six year old, so I, I went and, and had a training session there and it was like music to my ears when they said you can run as hard as you want and tackle people as hard as you want and for me I was quite a, I was quite a chubby kid so that were like that were like green lights all go for me and that's sort of when I, I fell in love with the game. And how did you move to Westcott? Because I remember you playing in the Wakefield District Cup Finals for Westcott Wolves yeah. around about ooh, 2000 and something, 2012-13. Yeah, it will have been around about then. Um, so I, so my age group folded when I was about 12, 13, maybe, maybe a bit older, 14. Um, so, uh, my age group folded, so I actually played a, a year of, up, up at Craig All Blacks. So I was playing for the under, it'll be under 15s when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at the time I was worried about getting picked up for, for scholarships, which were 15, 16 at the age groups. So I sort of had a chat with mum and dad about it, and they agreed to let me move to my own age group, who were up in the high, up in the first division as well. Because in my head, I thought I need to be playing at the best team in the best league to sort of get picked up. Which now I've spoke to like some of the scouts at Wakefield, you know that wasn't the case. They sort of had me on the radar from when when I was playing in my Craig day, so I didn't really have to worry about that. But um, they sort of said that I could play, that I could move to Westgate, and it was sort of better for me there because all my friends from school always played for Westgate. Um, so me moving to there were like a bit of a godsend, really. We're back with all my mates from school. That Westcott side were quite a good, strong side in the local districts. Did any of them go on to pro or have done anything? Um, I think the, the, a few of them got to maybe like academy level, um, but they sort of dropped off, you know, like Willie, Willie, I played with Willie Porchin's young lad, Will yeah. Porchin Jr. up at Westgate. Um, and I know, I know he's still playing about um, at the amateur scene, I think, for Westgate first team now. Um, but no, not I don't think off the top of my head, I can't think any of them that have gone on to gone on to be playing uh, pro. No. I remember I went to Outwood Grange. I were a couple of years above Max, and oh, yeah. um, I remember Jacob Ware. I think Jacob Ware were there, weren't he? As well, they were he were a good player at a young age. Yeah, he, he was one of them where it were like six foot two at 13, 14 year old. So he were like a bit of a bit of a beast and a bit of a a bit of a force. You know, I can remember playing against him for Aubrey High School against Outwood. And, you know, he's sort of one of the players where you think, oh, I hope he don't run at me. Because he will, you know, he will, he will, he will massive. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's sort of, I guess it's sort of people's lives change. And when, the, when they're growing up, they sort of might fall out of love with the game. You know, some people might, re- might take the next step up to the academy or the first team and, and might realise it's not for them, you know, because it is, it is hard work and you do have to sacrifice a lot at, at a young age when all your mates from school are, you know, going out partying, drinking and all that. And you have got to push that to one side and, and get your head down and focus on rugby if you want to make it. What, what worried for you at a young age that 
you wanted to make yourself stand out compared to these other other kids. What what made you stand out to scouts? Do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I won't. I, I, to this day, I still I still don't know. I think probably one thing that I've always sort of prided myself on, even from being a young at young age, is sort of working hard and and having a good attitude. And I feel like that's sort of coming out more in my games now, and it's probably getting recognised a bit more by by certain people and, and fans. Um, whereas back in Back when I first started, it were all about the big middles and, you know, the blockbuster signings and stuff like that. But whereas nowadays the game's sped up a lot more, so you need to be more mobile and, and more fitting and fitter in the middle. So I think that sort of followed me through from when I was younger, sort of that mobile middle. Because I, was, I played when I was younger as well. Obviously, I played at like fullback and halfback, so I just sort of got some skills from, from playing that and then taking it into that, that 13 role. I didn't know you played at fullback and halfback then. So at a younger age, is that where you actually preferred playing? Yeah, when I worked, I sort of liked the the, the fullback position because it was more like a free roam. I sort of got to do what I wanted and roam about the roam about the field. Uh, and yeah, for me, it was it was it were good. It was a good position. Because obviously, back then, your your you, your big boys were in the middle. They were just there to run the ball, and like your your eight, ten, and fifteen were just big big props really. Um, so and I wanted to be get my hands on the ball, you know, pass it about a bit. Um, so that, that fullback role allowed me to do that really. And, and like I say, it's sort of been of a bit of a, a blessing for me moving forward, where I've got sort of got the core skills now, um, and, a, and a decent passing game to, to to bring into that middle. Tell us about the moment you actually. Do you remember getting scouted? Do you remember the, the first time a, cl- a club like Wakefield got in contact with you? No, I can I can just remember you got letters. I can remember you getting letters, like, I think, so I'd have been, I was on holiday at the time, I can remember getting the letters when I was 15, and I think at the time there was Sheffield, Sheffield Eagles scholarship and Wakefield scholarship for the under-15s, I think, um, and then uh, you got, an, you, you had to get another offer for the 16 season, and after that 16 season, I, I, there, were, there were a few more, because I think I had quite a good 15s scholarship year, so there were, like, Wigan, Cass, uh, wakey again um, and yeah it was, it was sort of it was, it was good to know that you've been recognised by them sort of teams What made you stick with Wakefield? I think I was always going to stick with Wakefield you know at the, at the time the war they had um, like a head of youth were called I think we were called John Kane at the time yeah. um, and he sort of had a big emphasis on on wanting me to stay you know he really looked after me when I was here Um and obviously me being a wakey lad, you know, I'm sure my mum and dad will have had a say in it. Oh, we're not trekking you all the way up to Wigan and, and Leeds and all that. So, um, yeah, and with it with it being my hometown club, it were always it's always it's always been a big part of of sort of, of me wearing that wakey badge. You know, whether it being under 15s, under 16s academy or first team, it still it still brings me a lot of pride. Definitely. So, and, and I know for a fact, obviously, we're not blessed with facilities or the greatest ground in the world, but going from Westgate to Trinity must have been a, a nice step up for you. Yeah. And I think just being around around the other players as well, you know, because you do, when it, uh, there were times that when I was in, in the scholarship where you'd get invited to train. I can remember me and Max training a few times with the first team when we were 15, 16. You know, I've been watching these players play. For like at that time, I'll have been it'll have been around with the Benker Canes and you know Ali Lawatitis were here and you know it was it was massive. Um, I've been watching these players home and away really for so for so many years, and now I'm sort of training alongside them on my day on my weeks off school. It was it was crazy. You remember your first coach as a, as the in the academy? 
Yes, or in the academy, my first coach was Stu. Yes, Stu Dickens was my first academy coach, believe it or not. Um, In the scholarship, it was Mick Hill and Dave Winter. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're doing now, but um, yeah, they they sort of they sort of had a big saying in sort of sort of my career, you know, because they were really real good with me and and the full team. We had a really good scholarship team. I remember Mikhail. I think he was a great scrum half at Normington Knights back in his day as well. Yeah, and I know I know he played up at Dudley Hill as well. Dudley Hill, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember playing sort of 2013? Do you remember playing for England on the 16s? Uh, I do. Yes, for well, that the Wales one or the France? The Wales one, 2000. The Wales one, yeah, yeah. I can remember that one. It was um, it was a miserable day up in Wales. Was it? Um, I think Regan Grace on the other side as well. Oh, I've got um, team here. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it were a good. It, I was unlucky because I missed out. I think I missed out on the one at Bellevue due to injury. So which that was the the one that I really wanted to play in. You know, play yeah. for your country on Wakefield pitch. That was massive. I think Max had a storm of that game. I think he ended up getting man at match and scoring a couple of full lengths. And uh, that's sort of when he sort of burst through scene. I think onto that in that day. I think they're two different levels. I think the Wales one was under 16s. The one you want about, I think they're under 18s. The under 16s. Oh, was that the France one? Yeah, 2013 yeah. against Wales. I think you were prop. And like you right. just said, you went down to Wales. It was a miserable day. You won 25 18, but that was your first England representative, we think. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, yes. I've got frame, uh, shirt framed up with mum and dad's on wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you remember any other players in your team? I've got, I've got um, the team. Right, you're testing me now. I think... <laughs> there was another player. There was another player from Westgate in it. Oh, Will Gredel. Yes. Will Gredel were in it one year because he, he were, I think he were at Uddersfield at the time. I think he, he signed at Uddersfield in the academy and and, the, and uh, after the scholarship. Oh, yeah. that was at scholarship 16s, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the, the, there's a few other names out, right? That, the player, he plays for Wigan now. Kai Pierce-Paul? Oh, no, I think it was his, his brother that. Is it his Cam- brother? Because it says yeah, Cameron Pierce Paul. Paul. Yeah, he, he were um, he were a good player as well. He, yeah. he were a good centre. Um, Harvey Livett in the centre from Warrington. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Smith, scrum half from Leeds. Mo- oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, and yeah I think Aaron, Aaron Smith, hooker. Aaron Smith, I think he's at St. Helens, or he was. Yeah, he's at, I, think he's, I think he's at Lee now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And then, like you say, Regan Grace on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, it were it were a good it were a good tough game that I can remember can remember it like I say it was miserable weather but you know it was always it's a massive it was a massive honour for me to represent because I think my, all my family got like a minibus up there to come and watch um, but so yeah it's that's 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 sort of what like I would like to repay them now for all the times they've they've, they've travelled around watching me play yeah good stuff and then following on from the next thing you said your England Academy game in 2015 that was against we, we found the squad but we couldn't find the game and you, you said that the first game did you say they missed the Wakefield test? Yeah I think the, fir- the first one at Wakefield I think I'd torn my hamstring playing um, I'm not sure if it I'm, I'm not sure if it was playing amateur maybe I'm not sure mm. or, or somehow I'm, I ended up missing the first game um, yeah. but then we played we played them away didn't we? Uh, I played him away in France, which was quite a controversial game because I think he, he gave him a late penalty to win to win Gale. Did they win by two points? They won 35-34. Or oh, 35-30, yeah. Because I think at the point, uh, they kicked the drop goal um, and we, we were led by two points. And ref gave him a controversial penalty rate at end, right in oh, front of six. 
French referee. I'll never, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And we've got the squad for there as well. Um, Brad Walker played. Who's at Trinity now? Do you remember Brad playing? I remember Brad playing though. Yeah. I can remember we were in the squad, but I can't remember him playing, though. Yeah, yeah, he was in the squad. Max was in the squad. Yeah, Max was, well, yeah. There been Sam Alice were there, I'd imagine. That's it, yes. Sam Alice. Uh, was Jordan, Jordan Lilly? Jordan Lilly, he was there, yeah. yeah. Ash Golding, maybe. Ash Golding, I can't see him, no. No. Matty, Matty yeah. was there, remember Matty? Was it yeah, I can remember Matty playing. Morgan yeah, Knowles we had, we had, Morgan yeah, Knowles as well. Yeah, we had a decent squad. We had a decent squad back then. Yeah. So next year on mate, first team debut. How did that come about? How did you feel? And how did uh, how we how did you get to know about your debut? Yeah, so Rich Rich Agar just pulled me into his office um before training and just said, Look, we 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 want we want you to play um this week against Wigan away. And <laughs> that was sort of a bit a bit daunting at first. Um because obviously Wigan back then they had a massive, massive team, um, and they were still a, re- a really, really big club. So it was it was quite daunting at first when he said, but sort of brushed that to one side, and it were quickly, quickly switched with you know happiness and and sort of a, I, 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 it probably didn't work in my favour, but I thought I'd made it at that time, you know, made my debut um, at that age. I thought, all oh, right, this is it now. Um, but yeah, what well, I was looking forward to it, and I'm sure when I was going back and told my mum and dad, they'll have shed a tear and. And, um, and been happy for me as well. I know you just turned seventeen as well. That made yeah. you the uh, well, the, the youngest youngest ever Super League player for Trinity, but yeah. you were the, the third the third oldest for third youngest forward ever. Right, and a fellow called Albert Firth from the fifties and George Valentine from the sixties. So right, special playing the seventy, especially in the forwards. It's a big it's yeah, a big... yeah. I can remember it was just after my seventieth birthday as well. So I couldn't I couldn't even drive, and I was playing against some of these. Some of these international players, it was crazy thinking about it. Um, and I think I were only I were only about 80, 85, 86 kilograms as well in the middle, yeah. coming up against you know their team in the middle. I've had Sean O'Loughlin, um, who else have been playing for them? John Bateman played. John Bateman have been there, yeah. Uh, Ian Farrell played. Yeah. So they had, like I said, they had some they had some big players. They had some big players in that middle. Did. Scott Taylor as well. I can remember running at him straight off tap, and I think he he rattled me a bit. Um, so yeah, it was quite a bit of a rude awakening to to Super League, I guess. Well, even our even our team, we, we, when we go to Wigan occasionally, we always throw in a set of kids because yeah. it's because they're in that in that same side as you, um, Lucas Walshaw. You remember Lucas? Oh yeah, can yeah, he, I can remember he, Lucas. He, he was young. He played he played at prop. Kyle Trout was at loose forward. Yeah, I, th- I think back then it was sort of like uh, we've got nothing to lose. Let's just throw all these kids in because I know a lot of people. Like um, I think I don't know if Judah made his debut against Wigan. Fraser Morris made his debut against yeah. Wigan. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think they just liked some some of all the players might have thought, oh, it's Wigan this week. I'll just take a back seat and let some of these young lads in and get battered around a bit. But you know, it it means well to us young kids. You know, putting on that jersey. It did to me anyway. So. No matter what opposition it was, always going to have, have a good crack. Like absolutely, but even our Wakefield side, I won't reel off every player. But you know, you look at our squad who you played with: Richie, Mag- Richie Mathers at full back, um, Reece Lynn was on one wing, Peter Fox on the other, Paul Sykes in the centre, uh, Peter Godinier scrum half. You had Paul McShane, Ali Lawatiti, Danny Kermond, Danny Washbrook, Talima Tautai. We didn't have a bad side back no, then. On, on paper, that's a that's a, not a bad side, is that? 
Yeah. You know, it's littered with some like some internationals there, isn't it? Like with Foxy and and, and Ali. Absolutely, um, yeah. And then even Sykesy as well. So, yeah, littered with experience in that side. We've got still 46-24, but they had a good, like you've said, we had Farrell, Bateman, Lockley in their side, Scott Taylor, Matty Smith, Blake Green, um, Anthony Gellin, even Ryan Hampshire at full-back. So they didn't have a yeah. bad side, either. Yeah, they, I'm going to say that's touching world-class, isn't it? Some of them players that you've just reeled off there. What were it like as a 17-year-old kid being in a change room with the likes of Lauatiti and Mathers and... You know, Washbuck. They've won. You know, they've won Challenge Cups, won big games. You know, Kermo and Sykes have been playing for a long time by then as well. Yeah, I think for me, it was sort of a bit of a reality check because I, I sort of imagined it to be going in. It being quite an not an hostile environment, but sort of it being tougher to to gel with them and get to know them. You know, because like you were saying, some of these players were coming to end of the career, and I were only just starting mine, so I didn't I didn't sort of know what to expect of them. But I put put an example as Kermo re, really took me under his wingers. As a young kid, you know, for him, you know, because obviously at first I couldn't drive, so Sykes used to pick me up for training to drove past my house and used to bring me in for training on the morning, and and Kermo had, had fed me around as well, and I think that sort of put me in good stead having someone like Kermo as a bit of a leader, because he sort of epitomises Wakefield as in as a person. Um, you know, he was probably the best one of the best captains I've played under, um, probably not far. I've only played under two, I think, really. So him and Milky. And Milky's Milky's a decent one as well at minute. So I think for me, sort of learn, trying to learn the ropes from Kermo and like I said from Richie Mavers, who've got a lot of uh, experience and knowledge. It was just it was just so I was just in awe of him really. We were a bit of a ragtag bunch as well, wasn't it? At that point, Richard Agar were trying to get anyone in who, who would be able to play. But the, we had a decent squad. We made we made a playoff series, didn't we as well? Yeah, yeah, we did. Like I said, it was it were a bit of mishmash put together squad want it really um, but we always that's one thing that's always been good at work we've always had a crack um, no matter who's who's been brought in as a player we've always had a real good bunch and we've always gelled and I think that's shown on the field you know like, like I said especially that year when we had a crack at getting into playoffs well, Your kind of generation in the academies is kind of what's coming in now as the mainstays of the first team yourself Tom Johnston Maxi Jowett like, what did you realize that these blokes were going to be first team material when you're all playing together? Uh, yeah, probably, probably from watching Tom and Max because, like, Max has been one of them. I remember from playing against him at amateur when we were younger to playing against him at school, school team. He was always one of them players that that had just make something out of nothing. Um, really skillful, fast, you know, had a real good rugby brain, and then. Tom had his, had his speed, you know, he, he was the same as Max, he could make something out of nothing strong. So you watch him play and you think, oh, these these boys are going to make it, I think. Um, but sort of, I didn't put myself in the same category as them at that time, because when I first signed at Wakey, I only signed a part-time deal. So I was still, in a sense, an academy player, but I trained a full pre-season with the first team. And it was only after halfway it through into that pre-season that then they decided to sign me up like full-time on my first full-time deal halfway through my first pre-season, which that's when it sort of opened my eyes and I thought, oh, I couldn't have a, a, a good crack at this now. Yeah, I found that article online. So were it a four-year deal at 17? Yeah, I think so. I think it was, It was. I think it might have been three, maybe. I can't remember. All I can remember is it was our Michael's first player he signed as he, as he, as he was chief exec at club. Um, as he keeps, he keeps reminding me of every time I see him. So what did that mean to you at such a young age? Obviously, the club showed a lot of faith in you. Yeah, they did. And I think that's one thing from even me being 
scholarship, having them offers through from other clubs, they, they showed a lot of faith in me and trying to sign me up and make me stay there, especially, like I said, John Kane at that time really helped me sort of make my decision and I, they made me feel welcomed and wanted at this club, which, like I say, as me as a wakey lad, that was sort of music to my ears. That's all I, all I ever wanted, really. I know it's a very young age to be feeling as though you're ready, but did you feel as though you were a ready-made first-teamer at 17 or did you feel you needed a couple more years in you? Uh, it's sort of, that's sort of, that was sort of my downfall that I didn't really know what I was as a player at that time. So I didn't know whether I needed to put on a load of weight, which sort of made me a bit sloppy. And I didn't realise that my job were all effort-based attributes at that time. So I, I sort of tried to put a load of weight on and then I'd get put in first team and I couldn't move. I was so unfit, I couldn't do my job, which then put me back down at pecking order and then I'd start again and sort of build it back up. Because um, like there were, there were years where I'd play like, my games would keep gradually going up the amount I played in the year. Um, and then I'd have one year where I'd, I'd drop straight back down and put on the play like four or five games due to me just being sort of not knowing me as a rugby player, what, what I wanted to bring to the team. Especially in that early part of your career as well, there were obviously quite a lot of changes in backroom. You had Richard Agar, James Webster and Brian Smith within a short period. And I'm, I don't actually know, but I'm imagining maybe a lot of backroom staff changed as well. Did, did that affect you all? Did you just want some consistency? Yeah, I guess a lot of backroom, the backroom staff really stayed the same. So like all the conditioners and everything stayed the same. It was like I said, just mainly the head coaches that changed. And Richie, I really got on with Richie guy. You know, he, he sort of showed a lot of faith in me as a young kid. So I was a bit disheartened when he left. But obviously Webbo stepped up and he was he the assistant to, to Rich. So... He sort of had the same the same views on me as, as Rich did, I guess. Um, but like you said, we, we keep chopping and changing coaches. They they have different styles that they want to play. They they have different players that the that they prefer to you and and who they want to bring in. So I guess it was sort of like one step forward, two step back when when we kept chopping and changing coaching. Yeah, you've had five coaches: Richard Agar, James Webster, Brian Smith, Chris Chester, and now Willie. Have you sort of taken something from it all five? Yeah, I guess so. You sort of drip, especially at a young age that you've got to, and you sort of get drip fed different things from different coaches, and and diff, and what sort of what 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 works well for me. You know, every coach comes in with a different style, um, and some work for some work for the players, and, and some don't. And um, I think what Willie's trying to bring in now sort of really suits my game. You know, uh, he wants to play with the ball, uh, you know, throw the ball about, and obviously work really hard in defence, which which is what I sort of built my game on. Good stuff. I always regarded you as being one of the victims of having no reserve grade, hence you went out on loan so many times. Your first your first time was 2016 and went to York. How did you find that? Yeah, that was sort of a real, a really positive time for me. You know, James Ford was a really good coach. And I think I, I, I from, from him coaching me as a young kid, I really expected him to get picked up by a Super League team. I still think he will end up coaching Super League because he was one of the best coaches I've had, just his sort of visions of the game and and, and, how, and how professional it was as well for a League One team at the time. You know, I were walking into this, it was getting uh, newly refurbished and built at the time at the York St. John University where we used to train. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just a real eye-opener. And for me to get to play against fully grown men every week, albeit in League One where the skill probably wasn't as good, but they were really physical 
um, that was probably really, a really good, really good time for me looking back. Good stuff. Do you remember playing alongside Mash? Yes, I do. I do. Uh, yeah, he, he actually he would he used to drive me to training all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, him and conditioner because they used to have to travel from Wakey after he finished uh, his all his college teaching. Um, so yeah, he used to pick me up all the time in the car. Brilliant, good stuff. And then uh, a year after that, you went. Like you mentioned it already. You went to Oxford, but I'm just looking at the first game you played for Oxford. You, you always seem to drop on against London, London Scholars. Yeah, away yeah. as well. Yeah, but yeah. That, that, that Oxford team. Did we go on mass? Because you played, Max played, Ashley Gibson played. Uh, who was the other one? Brad Moles played. Yeah. Did we go on mass on on down there? Uh, I'm not sure. I just know. I think Brad Moles he signed there. I think after after being at Wakefield. Um, yeah, I don't know if we had like a bit of a dual reg with him at, at that ah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but like I said, we always ended up playing a team down in London on his first games on loan or dual reg, which were which were a nice travel down. Yeah, and then you seem to settle in at Jewsbury a bit. You, you had a virtually a full season at Jewsbury. I mean, you have twenty eight games. I think you played twenty eight games. Played played in. Yeah, I, I enjoyed That's... my I enjoyed, I enjoyed my time at Jewsbury because um, the war, like I said, were, I think Spike Shield have been there, Lucas Warshaw. Yeah. Um, he, he were there so the players that I'd sort of played with at Wakey um, and Neil Kelly I think what coach at the time and I sort of really got along with him um, and he sort of a bit of a father figure for me at that time as well um, and he showed some real faith in me so I really enjoyed playing there as well Looking at your stats Jordi as well you played 28 games for Dewsbury and you started every single one that must have meant a lot for you in terms of that consistency again Yeah because at a young age that's all you want that's that to get better, you need to be playing week in, week out, really. Um, and it was a good thing for me. I think I think I played most of my games at back row for Dewsbury, which you know, it was, it was good because I was sort of learning a new position. Um, which is it's probably put me in good stead now, which I could cover that position if I need to. Um, but like I said, having that faith, having that faith that Neil Kelly showed in me, um, and, and picking me every week, and like I said before about me being at York. Playing against men, it's it's a massive, it's a massive, well, it makes a massive difference as a young kid coming, coming through ranks. Just just pulling the curtain back a little bit, Jordy, for his listeners out there. When you're going on loan to these clubs, are you in contact with anybody at Wakey, or are you just kind of hoping they're kind of managing to watch the games and whatnot? Yeah, so my so when I won, I'm not sure if it's same at other other clubs, but at Wakefield when I back then when I was going on loan, I'd still be training full time at Wakefield. And just do the odd couple of sessions on a night at Dewsbury because it's it's all it's it's all well and good going on loan somewhere and playing against men, but if you sort of step back on your training, that could have a big impact on you as well. You know, you still need to learn every day and, and being in and around them skillful players to get better. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'd, I'd train probably three times a week and then twice with Dewsbury through that week and then play on a weekend. What's your thoughts on dual reg as a whole? Um. I think it's got its pros and cons. It gives pros to obviously the teams that need their players to get game time and send them out to these clubs. But then it's a con, I guess, for the teams and the players that should be playing week in, week out for that club to then just get sidelined for one game just because someone better has dropped down to to play for that to play for that team. So, you know, I think reserves is a is a is a much better way to way forward than than the dual reg system. Um, but yeah, I guess it's got its pros and cons, really. I mean, you must have been a little bit blessed to go to these beautiful cities of, of York and Oxford and Newcastle, but then there should be only season over at Dewsbury. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit different, isn't it? Um, but you know, it's, it were, it were, 
probably that's where I played some of my most enjoyable rugby at Jewsby. You know, the group of lads, very similar to Wakey, a very tight-knit group that were all local lads, really, um, and that wanted to work hard, which which I sort of, I sort of took back took with both hands and, and loved that sort of side of things. Spot on, mate, spot on. And then, once again, out on loan again, but just for a game over at Newcastle, yourself, Maxi, Joe Rundle, I think Liam Finn was already there. Um, yeah. You were down at London Scores again. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's marvellous, isn't it? Marvellous. Could be played in, in, in Newcastle, uh, but no, end up having to travel all the way down to, to London Scholars to play. But yeah, I think that were another dual red. We had a dual red with Newcastle as well that year, which, you know, like I say, it's good for us players going on dual reds to get some game time. Um, but then it's, like I said, people having to miss out in that in that Newcastle team that, that you know, it pays their it pays their their bills, doesn't it? Getting match match appearance money and stuff like that. So yeah, it's um, it was it was good it was a good game. I think I think we won quite easy down there. Definitely so. I mean, it must be a little niche. I think my dad would be the person to know. But you played with Max at England Youth. You probably played with him throughout academy. You played with him first team. Played with him at Oxford and at Newcastle as well. Yeah, it's what it, we we joke about it at training that sort of me, Max, and 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 Tom. Uh, Tom, now we're we're always in a in a trio. So if one of us has picked up a little injury in in physio room, we're all in. We've all picked up an injury in in physio room. Um, so yeah, it's like I say, it's it's uh, it's good that I've sort of grown up with Max. Played against him, like I said, from being in amateur teams, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old, to then to then play uh, playing alongside him week in week out at Wakey. Tell us about your friendship with Max. Like you say, you've known him forever, and he's one of your best mates as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. We've, like I said, we've, we've known each other for, for ages. He's, he's even my best man at my wedding this year. So um, that that's probably says says everything it needs to about about his relationship. But you know, we're very similar people, similar sense of humour, and both got a really good work ethic and you know want to want to do well. Um, and um, yeah, it probably helps that he's not a bad bloke either. It's quite funny. I'll give him that one. <laughs> we won't tell him. Hopefully, he don't listen. No, no. I mean, you're looking at important Wakefield sides of the past, even going all the way back to the 1920s, you know, the 1960s, 1990s, they've all had a good crux of, of Wakefield lads in there. And, and now we've got, obviously, yourself and Max are, are well-esteemed first-team players. And you've got the likes of Batch coming up and all the young kids coming through now. Massively important, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's, that's probably down to Michael, Michael Carter a lot. You know, he's always put a big emphasis on wanting local, young, Wakefield lads playing week in week out for for this team, and I think it means more means more for probably me. You know, this cast game coming up, big local derby. You know, I'm beating them for so many years, so I think it gives me that bit in my teeth a bit more than probably some other players it, it might do. Um, but you know, it's massive. I think, like I said, we've got a real good crop coming up now. I look at some of the young lads. You know, you've got Harry Bowes, You know, Murphy who had a stormer at weekend. You know, Yusuf, Isaac, big big Sam, Sam Essay, you know, who haven't had a shot yet, but I'm sure when he does, he'll be an handful for, for the team that we're playing against. I think the future's looking really good for us if we can tie them down and, um, and you know, um, we keep working working with them how we are doing. And I know Willie's, Willie has a big emphasis with the, with the young lads as well, you know, giving them sort of a real a real boost around training and spend a lot of time with them video, you know, extras on the field. So, you know, I think it's going to be, going to be some exciting years coming up at Wakey. When did it kind of hit you that, that now, like you and Maxi and, and Tom, are you kind of the Danny Kermons of the squad? You're the one having to probably nurture the younger lads coming through as well. 
Yeah, I can't remember having this conversation with. I think it might have been my mum a couple of a couple of weeks ago saying that it's. I still feel like I'm a 21, 20 year old lad coming up from coming up from academy. You know, it won't don't seem like two minutes ago since I sort of made my debut, um, and now I'm 25 year old, and some of these young lads coming in at 17, 18, and it's sort of like, whoa, where's where's all this time gone? Um, but yeah, you know, it's exciting because. I'm going to try and pass on some of the stuff that sort of Kermo taught me, you know, about working hard, keeping my head down um, and, and sort of try and pass this on to these young kids because we've got some talent. We've got some talented young kids coming through. And you know, like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see them all have a, good, have a good crack. And then coming back to your chronological order, mate, we hit 2020, March 2020, and the world shuts down. What did yeah. you do with your time? How did you manage, manage the initial stages of COVID? Yeah, so I were quite lucky. Um, I managed to get my hands on um, quite a lot of gym equipment um, before all prices shot up. For um, And I'd just finished um, doing our, uh, our lass's mum and dad's garden. So I moved into our lass's dad's house for lockdown. You know, they had a lovely patio, lovely patio dirt garden that me and my brother-in-law had done. So I were lucky enough, I could do all my weights there. And then we got sent field sessions to do, to just get us out of the house for that hour. And we just used to run around field and do his conditioning sessions there. So it would probably probably a good time for me to develop as a as an athlete, you know, get the strength and the size and and the fitness, um, the fitness time that you probably wouldn't have got playing every week and, and training every day at, at Wakey. So it was sort of it was sort of good for me in, in that sense. Good stuff, mate. On, on to 2022. Are you are you into stats? We can game yesterday. You know what? What number that was? How many appearances you made? No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many it was. 74. Is that what it is? 74. 74. How many tries you got? Oh, here we go. I'd have a, I'll have a stab in dark at two, three. Four. Four. Oh, I hope. Hey, one up then. I, miss, I missed this question. We're going, we, we're jumping back in order. Do you remember your first try? Uh, yeah, that was. Uddersfield at home, wasn't it? That I think it was. on my own de- on my own debut. That I think a little kick, a little kick from Paul McShane from nine. I can remember that. That's right, under under the post. I remember seeing yeah. you dancing around, and that make, that makes you the youngest Super League strike scorer in our history. So that's a good uh, good that's, thing. Oh, well, that's another thing to have, isn't it? That's a good thing yeah. to have. So onto the season, mate. You're obviously settling in. You're having a good run. You've played. You've only missed one game. How does it feel? You've already mentioned the conditioner at the beginning of the uh, podcast, and new coach, new conditioner. How is it going? How do you feel this year? Yeah, so I guess I think it's like a bit of a breath of fresh air, really. You know, I've had I had the same way of training, um, conditioning wise for for what will it have been like eight, seven, eight years. So this year, I think it's sort of freshened it up for me as well as as it probably has the club, um, and it's been a, it's been different it's been different to what we used to but I think a lot of fans are, sh- are seeing that we're, we're a really fit team this year um, you know we're, we're, we're competing very well in, in all games um, and like I said that's that's a big pat on back to, to JK who's his conditioner you know he's coming with different different way of doing things and it seems like it's working and you know I'm open to I'm open to trying new stuff Good stuff. Yeah, it's always good to have just have a fresh voice in the changing rooms, isn't it? Because uh, yeah. your physio change, your conditioning change, your, your coach change, and assistant coach. So it's it's all looking good. You have yeah. mentioned it at the beginning as well that the routines have changed. So what's we asked to uh, a of this a few weeks ago. So basically, we played yesterday against Wigan. We've got a game yeah. against Castleford on Thursday. What's the next three? Or what's today, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday daytime? 
So today we had a recovery session up at Total Fitness in Wakefield. So we'd do like a swim, stretch, like a bit of a flush out um, for those that played. Uh, and then we'd do us some video review and preview after. So review the game from yesterday and then obviously preview cast coming up on Thursday. And then that was just short and sharp. So I think we were done by 11. Um, and then tomorrow we've got um, a full training day. So video, weights, field session. And hopefully that will put us in good stead for, for Cass on Thursday. And then the, obviously the new change now is we always have the day before the game off. Whereas before we always used to have a so-called captain's run the day before a game where you'd come in for 20 minutes, throw a ball about, go through a few, go through a few sets and then that would be used on. I think now it's changed to where we can have a really good, like quite high intense session on Tuesday and then still recover Wednesday to then obviously kick on Thursday and hopefully and hopefully perform well then. We've spoken to a few blokes, Jordy, who said when, when they play, they, they set themselves a few mini goals in the head, you know, make 20 tackles, make no errors, never leave a man on my right-hand side, for example. Is that something you do in a game? Do you always try and make a little milestone for yourself? Yeah, so when I when I first started playing, um, I, I, I often had a few errors in my game with a ball, so I'd often drop two or three balls in a game and you know, coming out of yardage when you just defended two or three sets on your own line and you'd go and drop ball on second tackle, you know, it's not it's not sort of what, what you, the players in team want. So for me, I sort of, especially the last couple of years, sort of set a goal and no, no errors in my game. And I think like now I've sort of like washed them out of my game. Now I just think about being consistent. So before I'd have like one game where I'd be, you know, best one of my best games I'd have and then the week after I'd follow it up with, probably quite a poor game. So I think now it's sort of playing as well as I can for as many games as I can and keep getting better week in, week out rather than having these big dips in dips in performance. I know obviously it speaks for itself, but rugby league's a team game. But yeah, are you happy individually with how you're going this year? Yeah, I think I think I'm getting better with every game that's that, that's coming. Um obviously there's still a lot of things that I need to work on personally. You know, I'm not where I want to be hundred percent yet uh, in myself. Um, but yeah, I, I'm liking the way it's going. I think everyone's on the same the same wave as well now. So everyone's playing well. You know, we're getting a good gel gel in the side, especially with us middles. Um, I feel I feel like we're we're doing a real good job in that middle. Um, you know, and, and if if we we carry on going like we are, I think we're going to have a real good shot shot at these playoffs. You know, come end of year. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. And you talk about the middles as well. You've you started the majority of the games at loops, but you, in the past couple of games you've been coming on in the 14 position. Have you got a preference or are you just happy to just help out the team? Yeah, um, whichever whichever, whichever works best for the team, really. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be playing, whether it's off the bench and, and or, or starting. I've, got, I've really got no preference, obviously. I, I want to be get, get, get up to the point in the game where I, I want to be an 80-minute middle, really. So playing, be able to play 80 minutes at a very high level, you know, week in, week out. And I know obviously games change now where it's a lot faster and a lot harder to do that, but that's sort of my goal moving forward is to become like, you know, like a Sean O'Loughlin sort of player where they can play the full 80 minutes at a very high level. Someone like Sean O'Loughlin, is he kind of one of your one of your idols growing up, kind of looking at players outside of Wakefield, obviously? Yeah, he, 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 he definitely was up there as, as one of my idols. You know, he was very good, a very good ball playing loose forward, but could also defend really hard and, and, and carry the ball really well. So he sort of was a full package for me growing up and sort of trying to mirror my game off. Obviously, I probably, I'll never be as, as big as he will like, which, which won't help, but, you know, sort of get some of his, his knowledge and, 
and, and sort of look at look at how he played the game. It sort of it's definitely helped me going forward. Spot on, mate. Spot on. And then just as we start to round up about your rugby league career, um, you're the second current longest serving player at Trinity behind Reece Lynn. Jay Pitts and Liam Kerr technically made the debut before you, but they left and came back so that we can yeah. get um, what, what's your aspirations for your career? You've just turned 25 last uh, in February. What, what's, what's your aims and aspirations? Yeah, I, I haven't really thought about any sort of long-term goals yet in terms of my personal career. I just really want to be put Wakefield back to where it was, you know, back in the heyday. Um, and I feel like we've got a real good group of lads now, a real good coaching staff that's, that can that can push us forward. And for me, it's you know, I'm a, I'm a wakey lad, so I want to be. I want to have Wakefield up at that top. You know, competing week in week out. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm I'm a wakey lad, so it it won't be a bad thing if I spend the rest of my rest of my career here. But you know, who knows? It's could be out of my hands. Are you a rugby league watcher? You're a bit of a fanatic outside of playing. Uh, yeah, I probably haven't watched as much as I'd like to this year. Um, but certainly, past years I've sort of watched it every Thursday, Friday. And Saturday, obviously, when when the odd game has been on, um, you know, because I guess it works as well as our job. We're sort of previewing other teams that we're going to come up against and other players, and it sort of gets you a bit of an head start on on them when we go and play them that that week. What about NRL? You got you down under watcher? Uh, I'll sort of watch highlights because I like some of some of the, the freakish tries that they score over there. Um, but yeah, they're a bit early for me. Some of them games. Uh, you mentioned earlier you, your dad took you down to Trinity in your younger days. Who were your Trinity heroes when you uh, when you watched them? So one that mainly stood out for me was obviously J- uh, Jason Demetriou and, and Michael Corkidis. They were like the big the big players for me back then, and like the Sam Obston, Semi Tajalala, all the all these sort of big name players that they had. They were they were sort of the standout players that I can remember growing up and watching them from sidelines. Well, Jordy, we've got two cracking podcasts about a month ago with JD and Michael Corkidis, so you can give them a listen to this week. I'll have to, I'll have, to, have, a, I'll have, to have a listen to them once. We had, we had David Solomon as well, because I'm, I'm a similar age to you, so they might, that's my error as well. Yeah. So, a couple of, couple of world-class players there, weren't they? Oh, yeah, 100%. Killed, it killed me when, he, when Solomon left. Killed me. <laughs> so, life, mate, you, you mentioned Max is your, your best man at your up-and-coming wedding. Tell us about your relationship with Beth and, and when, when are you due to get married? Oh, I hope I best get I best get this right now. She'll be she'll be watching this. Um, so I think it's the twenty second of October. I think um, we, we're due to get married, which um, you know she'd been nagging at me for for years and years to pop the question, which I finally did a couple of years ago at the start of lockdown. Um, so yes, that's um, I'm hoping after after we've tied the knot and and the wedding sort of there'll be no more nagging, which I'm sure. I'm sure my dad will say that there's plenty more nagging to come as your as your as your uh, marriage continues. But yeah, I've known that it was actually Tom Johnson that um, got us together. Um, at the, the, I think I can't remember when it was. I think I was 17, 16. 17, oh no, Salah was 17. Yeah, um, they got us together and uh, yeah, been a been an happy couple ever since. Excellent stuff, mate. And I've even had a little bit of a sneak on your Instagram. You've got a dog together now, aren't you? Called Barney. We have, yeah. Little Barney is his first, our last cause of a first child, his first born. I was being a dog dad. Yeah, it's, it's hard, it's, especially with a, a little cocker spaniel that doesn't stop, that don't, that's got energy to burn, you know, and he, he's, always, he's always moving and on the go. So you, you need to keep a constant eye on him. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's sort of 
been a been a big thing for me growing up. I never had a dog. Mum and dad had never let me have a dog in house. Uh, so I said to my mum, as soon as I've as soon as I've moved out, I'm going to get a dog. <laughs> um, so about six months after moving out, we got one, and you know it's been it's been probably one of the best things I've done. Jordi, it's been superb talking to you, mate. And I think these days, like you say, Wake is becoming known as, as an academy team. We're coming through with our own players again, all the Wakey players, base players. And I'd happily say you're, you're always the top of that list when, when, when fans and pundits are talking about Trinity now. And it's well-deserved, mate. And you're fast approaching 100 games, obviously maybe another half a season or so. Um, and you're a proud Wakey lad, which makes everyone else proud, mate. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to be on. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jordy. Thank you, everybody else, for listening to episode 23 of the Wakefield Trinity Territories podcast. You can find us on all podcasting platforms worldwide and follow us on Facebook under the Wakefield Trinity Heritage banner and Twitter at WT Heritage Pod for further information. Massive thank you to my co-host, Lee Robinson. Thank you once again to Jordy Crowther and best of luck this weekend in the doubleheader against Cass and Wigan. I have been Jamie Robinson and we will catch you all down the road. Hi, it's Cammy Tris Gamara. You have been listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. It's unbelievable.